Welcome everybody to Advantaged Insight. My name's Wayne. And today I have the very, very, uh, I guess, a sad moment I have to tell you about because this, this, this is our last episode of our Dark Sun in Depth um, for now. But because we, we promised to do a three-part series, again, I have the pleasure of introducing Robert Ducci. Robert, thanks again for coming Hi. on the mics. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Uh, as you said, it's sad. This is the last one for now. Um, but if other stuff comes out, you know, that touches Dark Sun, uh, I'd love to come back. And we're looking forward to having you back. Actually, we before we before we came on the mics, uh, Robert and I were talking about some of the things that we could do and we're we're thinking about. But um, but we're not going to waste a lot of time on that because I know that this is kind of the culmination of our previous, uh, technically four episodes of Dark Sun content. We had our original one uh, with Robert. We had our trivia contest with Robert and uh, and, and Tails. <laughs> and our, we had our two previous uh, in-depth episodes. But today, we, we get to do the fun part. We get to bring all that information together. And we're going to talk about running a Dark Sun campaign, which is, I, I mean, I, I believe this is kind of where everybody's kind of aiming at. And we're going to take all that knowledge and we're going to break it down into a couple different questions, a couple different categories. Uh, Robert and I have a ch- I chat about this. But... Um, I'm going to go through a couple questions, as, as I always do, and we're going to try to get really, really in-depth. This will be the way that we kind of wrap up this series and uh, give you guys maybe a little bit of teaser for what we have planned in the future. But let's start with this. So, Robert, I, I'm, I, I believe I'm probably talking to the one of the premier you know, Dark Sun campaign um, runners of, of our days today, our, our premier Dark Sun DM, which is you, and... You know, no matter which edition we're going to talk about, uh, we will talk about edition wars and, and whatnot a little bit later. But when we're talk, talking about running a Dark Sun campaign, what kind of adventures are we talking about? And how do you kind of build a character? How do you build a character and or how do you set the scene uh, for the players of your, your, your table? Sure. So actually, I just started a fifth edition Dark Sun game uh, at the beginning of the year. So... Um... So it's my second fifth edition Dark Sun campaign, and you know, it really varies um, depending on your players. Like, are they are they experienced Dark Sun um, players, or are they new? Um, and that'll kind of dictate a little bit, um, you know, kind of what the maybe what the story is about. You know, if they're if they're newer players, you'll probably go with some of the the major tropes um, in Dark Sun. You know, things like survival um, and slavery, uh, all of that stuff. Is, are you know major aspects of the setting so you want to make sure you hit, hit on those but if they're more experienced you know you maybe you just kind of gloss over some of those things to focus on maybe a, a more minor um, trope of the setting um, and as far as characters um, so I just basically had you know I, I, I sent all my players um, uh, you know we sat down and showed them all the books that I had and we kind of looked um, looked through all the books and people just sort of decided kind of what characters they wanted, you know, mostly based off of, uh, off of pictures and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, obviously a lot of that stuff is not in fifth edition. So we just sort of hashed it out, as, as, you know, as closely as we could to the, um, to the previous rules. Um, and then once we started playing, you know, depending on what the characters are, um, will dictate kind of what comes up. So in my current game right now, there's no wizards. So 
none of the sort of defiling well i mean there, there's still some aspects of defiling but like none of that you know hatred of magic kind of comes up a lot I mean, i'm sure it will come up um but it's not a focusing point um of this uh group however we are playing in uh the city state of rom um and it's a very chaotic place and there's templars so there'll be templar scheming and nobles so there'll be noble scheming so you know that all dictates kind of the, the kind of games that we're playing um you know if you play in raw or in tier you're probably going to be playing um you're probably going to be playing uh you know sort of like freedom fighters um you know it just depends where where in the world you're playing as to sort of the, the kind of campaigns it lends itself to yeah and we talked a little bit about that last time about the against the the templar um idea which 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 is a big big theme that runs throughout dark sun i mean you can run obviously a ton of campaigns just be like we're gonna fight every single temp- type templar in every <laughs> single city state right yeah yeah um and obviously i i know that you probably didn't like you went you didn't probably didn't be like, oh, I'm going to be very strict with what's going to happen because obviously the characters will move and flow and ebb and flow uh, with that. So you're obviously going to, you know, you're going to roll with the characters. I mean, otherwise, you know, right. if you had a bunch of wizards, you know, the filing thing obviously would be much, much higher in, in there where people like they're fighting against that urge to do the, the filing. Um, right. in, in, in terms of in terms of characters. And I guess I'm going to tangent just a little bit from from our notes here. But in terms of lethality, um, is there something you're doing to address that? Because, like, you know, the original second edition was pretty, pretty lethal. I mean, AD&D was pretty additional lethal as it was. But, you know, Darkstone was, you know, you run out of water, you die. You you do this, <laughs> you die. You know, you step on the wrong plant, you die. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... You know, there's. I'm not doing anything specific. I think, uh, you know, the fifth edition game I'm running right now. Fifth edition really lends itself uh, to just the ease of character creation. So I'm not really worried about people dying. Um, they should be able to whip up another character without too much trouble. But you know, back in second edition, um, they had the idea of the character tree, and the character tree was basically every player made up like I think it was four, four characters, and their characters kind of knew each other, but obviously never really adventured with each other because um you know you could only be playing one character at a time so uh during each different adventure you could pick a different character to run so you know it kind of gave the feeling of sort of a larger adventuring community because if you had you know six people at your table um and they all have four characters you know that's uh, 24 characters that you could have run around with o- with only six at any given time so um and then that way if, if when one gained a level you could give a level to one of the other characters um so all of your characters as long as you played them all kind of regularly would stay more or less the same level um but like i said with fifth edition you know if somebody dies i'll probably just have them make another um make them make another character instead of doing the character tree although if somebody wanted to i'd be happy to let them you know have a bunch of characters to rotate in and out as well Mm, sounds good and now that we've talked about that um, one of the things that that we had talked about off the mics, and one of the things that has a, has really come up as as we've talked about campaign settings is basically adapting Dark Sun. Now, obviously, Dark Sun uh, was last introduced in fourth edition, and and probably a lot of people believe that the true edition of Dark Sun was the second edition. But you're playing fifth mm-hmm. edition, yeah. But let's talk about adapting Dark Sun. Um. 
what are the most important elements and rules to adapt? And what I mean by that is that not to say that, you know, Darkson has to be run in D&D, but what are those things that you need to hold on to as a DM in order to basically give a true Dark Sun experience to your players? Yeah, so, you know, back in, you know, when, when the Burnt World of Athos became, like, the official Dark Sun website was right when 3rd edition was coming out, um, and Wizards didn't really want to convert all of the old settings, and so they sort of allowed one one website to kind of be the official website for that setting and every all of the major settings had that and and their job was basically to convert dark sun to third edition uh, and that sort of blanket uh um converting uh like that's all we did for a long time kind of got tiresome um and you know we were kind of converting everything under the sun um <laughs> and so when i converted fifth edition like I'm not doing the whole thing at once. I'm just doing what I need to. Um, and so if I have a character that wants to play a certain race and that's not in fifth edition, then we will make that race um, so that they can use it. Um, so, you know, do as little as you need to, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, that being said, you know, you've got to figure out, you know, what's going to be used. You know, psionics, you got to figure out what you're going to do there. It can be magic, uh, you know, for the most part. So, uh, when I, during the first fifth edition session that I ran, um, or campaign that I ran for Dark Sun, we used the sorcerer as the psionicist, um, and just used magic spells and just kind of, you know, sort of, uh, just reflavored them. So, you know, there's no casting, uh, you know, no verbal components or anything like that. Um, but now with fifth edition, now that there's the mystic, um, unearthed arcana kind of play test out, We've been using that as um, as a psionics with some tweaks, um, but you know, just do what you have to do. Basically, um, that being said, you know, even as a DM, you're probably going to have to figure out what you want to do with, uh, say, Templars. Um, you know, because they're going to be an enemy. So, you know, are you just going to make them warlocks, kind of like they did in Fourth Edition, which is what I do? Um, are you going to uh, just kind of make them their own NPCs? What do, what you know? What are you going to do with them? You just have to kind of think that through a little bit. Um, same with clerics. Uh, if you're going to make clerics, uh, you know they worship the elements. How are those character classes and and their abilities going to be different in fifth edition um, than they were in second? Are you just going to convert them, you know, word for word and make up things that aren't included in fifth edition, or maybe just reflavor some stuff that's in? Um, in the game we're trying to convert it to rather than totally, you know, making things whole cloth, which obviously, as I said, kind of takes a while and it's, it's pretty daunting to, to kind of do that. Um, one of the other major things, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about all, a lot of the classes, um, you know, gladiators, gladiators were a huge part in second edition. Um, they had their own class. And then in fourth edition, they went and made that a theme. They had a thing called themes, which they brought to the forefront with Dark Sun 4th Edition, and themes um, kind of allow you another layer on top of your character, so you could have somebody that was a class of a fighter or a rogue or whatever, but they could also be have the gladiator theme, and that allowed them to be a gladiator regardless of their class. Um, so in 5th Edition, they don't really have that. They kind of have backgrounds, but backgrounds are pretty lightweight mechanically, so um, the gladiator background is you know doesn't really affect your character a whole lot. Um, that being said, I do have a character 
who's a fighter and he did take the gladiator background um you know which is based off of the entertainer i think or something like that um and so you know if he really wanted to you know if that if that player had really wanted to kind of use the second edition gladiator we probably would have created another another archetype for him and let him um let him pick that which we still may do because right now i think he's just took the battle master but we still may um you know in the future um along the same lines is defiling uh like i said if you're gonna have a player that's a wizard you got to decide what kind of defiling you're you want like do you want it to be like the first uh the original second edition book where defilers and preservers were so different that they'd never really crossed or there were uh, you know some spell point systems that came out there there are several different ways that defiling has worked in different um in different incarnations so you got to de decide on what that's going to look like um and then also how how your monsters are going to defile because if you're going to have enemies that are defilers uh, you got to decide how that's going to work. I really liked um, how fourth edition defiling worked for monsters, it, being that they were mostly sort of powers um, that went along with their characters. So it said like, when you cast a spell and the character uses defiling, then other characters have this. You know, they have to make a save or whatever uh, for whatever effects their defiling had. And there was a lot of like, a lot of cool ways you could use defiling differently with different monsters. Um, that still felt like defiling, but um, kind of had different sort of powers that the, that the monsters could use, which was cool. Right. So, I mean, the, those, I, you know, you've named a couple things, but those are actually really gigantic elements in, in Dark Sun. Yeah. I mean, a monster is a monster, but having defiling powers or, or you know, not having psionics in Dark Sun just seems a little weird. I mean, I know there was certain editions where they said, oh, you don't need it, blah, blah, blah. Here's how to adapt with that. But uh, it's part of the setting, right? Um, just to kind of skip ahead, I mean, you talked a lot about the editions. Why don't we go a little bit into that? Um, sure. You know, if you were to run uh, games in the different editions and you were looking at different editions, you know, what is it that you would adapt at at this point? We'll talk about D and D, and then we'll talk about some some other, you know, samples and examples there. So let's start with second edition. I mean, do you think today you'd be able to run a D and D? Uh, you'd be able to run a Dark Sun campaign just using second edition? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, you know, second edition was the first time. You know, one of the reasons that that Dark Sun drew me to it was that there were so many different elements of the game inherent in Dark Sun that were not in the other uh, kind of major settings. You know, there were different races, there were defiling magic, there were psionics. So all of those kind of uh, other elements kind of made it unique. Um, and, you know, I could still run that, but the fact that 5th edition is so much simpler um yeah it still retains a lot of the feel of second edition um i mean i don't see why i would you know yes i'm gonna have to go and convert things to make sure they work but uh generally right now i just kind of do it off the on the fly if i need to and then kind of go back and and figure out what really what we need to do for the game to make it feel you know feel like dark sun um so with second edition um you know like i said we could you could do it but i don't see why you would at this point unless you just really didn't if you don't like uh, game design and you don't want to do any of that, then yeah, you could just play second edition. You have, 
you know tons of books that you could use for for the game mm -hmm. so i mean you did a lot of the converting from second to third edition um and uh, I, I know you weren't involved so much in the fourth edition i mean what do you think about those two editions i mean obviously there's people who still play pathfinder so that's you know basically 3.5 or 3.75 mm -hmm. depending on how you look at it um how how is third edition dark sun I, i'll be honest i've I'd never really played third edition dark sun I, uh, yeah i don't think i've actually really played third edition dark sun so all of the conversions sort of tired me out and that's sort of when i kind of stepped away from from gaming for a while and i kind of gave i gave the website to some other really big fans to to, to use for a while um and but while we were doing it, I mean, we were very thorough. Like we had, um, we had mailing lists and we would go back and forth about, you know, minute, minute details, which is, was sort of the part that kind of drug me down. But, um, the guys that finished it up, you know, they did a really good job of being as close to the source material as possible, but also expanding it. Um, third edition had things like, uh, prestige classes. So once you would get to a certain level, uh, you could take a prestige class. And for example, they created, uh, they converted all of the uh, advanced beings, so the dragons and the evangians and the um, elemental, what were they called? Uh, just out, the clerical elementals. Um, they converted all of those to prestige classes, and they went back and forth. They had play tests. Um, so they were very thorough with that kind of stuff. They uh, We converted all of the monsters. Um, so there was, a, there was just so much, you know, game design minutiae um, to convert all of that stuff. Um, but they did it as best they could um, and as best as they thought uh, would, would kind of do honor to the, to, you know, to the setting um, using the mechanics of third edition. And I think they did um, an amazing job. If you go and look at the, um, there's a the third edition book, there's a bunch of adventures. Um, they converted, you know, one of the cool things was when second edition, right at the end of second edition, when wizards bought out, um, bought out tsr there were a couple of products that were never released one of them was dregoth ascending which was an adventure um kind of super adventure about um the undead sorcerer king dregoth coming to the you know the top of the world or to you know to the surface of the world and kind of trying to take over and uh the guys converted all that stuff to second edition and expanded it because there was not it wasn't it wasn't a complete adventure yet there was some of it was still notes um some of it was heavily written but um they kind of re finished writing it and converted it to third edition and released it so you can get that now for free um i think there's something like 20 products that are uh third edition so they did a lot of converting um and and they also didn't they didn't just just convert but like i said they they added so they they did like the athasian emporium um, where it's all about Dune Trader stuff. They uh, took tons of stuff from the web that people had kind of talked about before, and they kind of expanded on all that. Um, I kind of, you know, third edition, uh, all the third edition stuff is really, uh, really amazing. That 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 adventure, I mean, that um, that edition is so kind of mechanically heavy that there's just a lot of stat blocks and a lot of spells converted, lot lots of stuff. So there's if you you play third edition or Pathfinder, um you know, definitely go to athos.org and, and get all that stuff because uh, it was a lot of work um, on, on a lot of free time um, that people put into that. Mm -hmm. um, 
and not to get too fine a point into in third edition, but obviously when when third edition moved into fourth edition, you know, Wizards put out another uh, a fourth edition uh, uh, Dark Sun, and you know the way that fourth edition worked, um, <clears throat> it was very interesting. I mean, obviously they brought in new rules just to do Dark Sun, like you talked about earlier, the themes. Um, did you ever play much of the fourth edition? Yeah. So. Um... After, you know, I don't know, mid-2000s, I kind of stopped gaming for a little while. Um, it was just a few years. But um, when I kind of got the urge to come back, I, mean, I started listening to some 4th edition podcasts. And um, and when, st- when they announced that uh, they were doing Dark Sun for 4th edition, that just sucked me right back into the whole community. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, there are definitely aspects, uh, you know, 4th edition you know, has lovers and haters. A lot of people, it was their first, it was their first D and D. So they, they love it and they still love it. And, but a lot of people, you know, just felt like it was too much of a departure from, from previous editions. Um, and it was kind of the same thing with dark sun. Um, you know, if you played it, um, you, you, you know, you probably liked it if that was your first thing, but if, it, if you were, an, you know, from older fans, um, you know, you might have some issues and I, I definitely have some issues with it, but I also love some of the things they did with it. Um, so one of the things that I sort of have issue with is that they, they tried to sort of put everything that was in D and D into dark sun rather than with second edition, they sort of removed the things that were not dark sun. So for example, second edition, um, you know, they changed all of the races to be different. Um, and they brought you new races when those races were not, uh, kind of di- when, when they didn't work with fourth edition, they kind of adapted them. Like, yeah, they added Thrycreen, um, they added the mule, but so like half giants, they adapted them and made them Goliaths, which were already in fourth edition. Um, and Goliaths are not large creatures. They're not exactly the same as you know kind of it changed the lore basically it changed the world to to say that half giants were just slightly larger than humans instead of 12 feet tall um um, what else did they do uh they added some things like they added the eladrin um and the tieflings from fourth edition and see i think that was a cool addition because I, I like the story that they came up with. Some people don't. Some people refuse to, you know, to allow them into their Dark Sun games. But uh, I like that aspect of it. Um, Actually, I think one of the things that we have both agreed on, um, very much so, was the Sorcerer King uh, path or pact. Sorry, uh, for mm-hmm. warlocks. I thought that was a yeah. <clears throat> that was a really really good adaptation. Instead of making them priests now, now they have a you have a class that really does represent what a warlock is or what a templar is yeah yeah i I thought that was one of the best um the best implementations for fourth edition and and like i said um, i i carry that over to fifth edition they they sort of worship this being um although they don't get spells from it in that same way they you know they kind of are granted it in, in exchange for their service so i thought that was really cool um one of the things that i had trouble with that I didn't really like. Actually, there are two, two big things. One was the, uh, and a weapon breakage. Like that was something, you know, that goes back to second edition, you know, using non-metal weapons. That means your weapons are going to, you know, be stone and bone and obsidian and and they're going to break because they're not steel. And in second edition, you know, you just had different percentages for things to break based on, based on the, um, 
what it was made out of, the materials. And in fourth edition, they changed that to be um, to if you rolled a twenty, um, and you could do a crit, but it would break your weapon. So you like you would do extra dice, um, but it would and you could choose that. And so what that meant is it almost it like it never happened. People almost never chose to have their weapons break unless they had a bunch of backup weapons or whatever. Um, so that that kind of felt a little lackluster to me. How about you? I think one of the things uh, I, I'm very much in, in line with that. I love, I love weapon materials. I love the breakage, um, just because it just felt real. Uh, one of the things, obviously, in fourth edition, was you needed the power boost from having magic weapons. So all of a sudden, everybody in Dark Sun was armed with magic weapons, and you're like, wait, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> um, that that upset me about fourth edition. Other than that, um, you know, I, I liked some of the adaptations. Um, but fourth edition was more of a, a, you know, obviously more of a tactical game, more of a, um, you know, it was, it was a departure from D and D. So it was nice that they try to adapt Dark Sun to it, but um, it, it it did felt like you said it felt a little forced. Um, but it was them just trying to make sure that all the source material that they sold was being used and wasn't right, being right. removed or wasted. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... Well, hold on. So there's a couple more things there. Uh, with fourth edition, um, you'd mentioned the magic items, and I'm trying to remember the term they had, but there is actually a, 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 a system in fourth edition that they use for Dark Sun um, inherent oh, yeah. ability. What was it? Inherent ability bonus or inherent ability? Yep. Something like yes, that. Yes. Where basically they figured out since since magic items were such a big part of fourth edition, like the bonuses that magic items would give you given you were baked into the advancement and so they knew how tough you would be by certain levels and and what magic items you should have by then so you know you should have a plus one sword by fourth level so that means uh you know you would be adding plus one to all your attacks so therefore they would make the armor classes of the monsters be this so that you would hit this percentage of time so in order to in order to kind of fix that in dark sun they had inherent ability bonuses so like every so many levels you would just get a plus one to your attacks or your strength or whatever. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, yeah. That, that, no, was that, yeah. that was a little forced though. That was, it was a little forced for sure. <laughs> well, the mathematics in fourth edition were a little forced. And I, I think uh, yeah, people yeah. have heard me on the mics uh, say, say stuff about that. But uh, I, I mean, and now we come down to fifth edition and, you know, we've talked a little bit about that. I, I think we'll talk a little bit. We, we've talked quite a bit about that. So I don't really want to belabor the point, but I, I do feel that, and I think you agree with me that you get the second edition feel, uh, and then maybe a little, a little of the third edition feel, um, but you get the mathematics and the game theory that they developed in third and fourth edition, and put into fifth edition. You get, you get a pretty good game. I mean, and yeah. um, because it's so much, you know, you get so much feel from of, of second edition, where, where you got a little more of that that um, you know that that edition sort of. Um, it's a good word for this. It's a feel, I guess, uh, or just kind of like uh, that theme from there. You know, adapting that stuff is pretty easy. Mechanically, um, may not be the same, obviously, but mechan- but you can pretty much port that over. Um, just as an yeah. aside, let's say that you were to run a Dark Sun game, but you weren't going to use D&D. Mm-hmm. Specifically, any thoughts on what you might use? You know, just before 5th edition... Um, like D and D next had had started to be a thing. Um, I was playing a lot of Dungeon World, 
and it was kind of on my list of to do's to um, to make a Dark Sun dungeon world. Um, and there had already been someone that did Apocalypse World, um, and looking at that, that was pretty cool. I think it's called Dark Soul, S O L. Um, so I'm sure you can go find that if you want to play. But Dungeon World, you know, was you know Apocalypse World and Dungeon World are, are obviously related. Dungeon World's based on Apocalypse World, but Dungeon World is definitely D and D, and so I think it would have been it would have been much easier to make Dark Sun into Dungeon World rather than Apocalypse World. So that's that's what I was gonna do. Um, but uh, you know, Pathfinder somebody somebody put out some Pathfinder rules, but also like I said, you could that's pretty much third edition, so you could use the stuff that Athos.org put out. I've heard that someone converted it to Savage Worlds, um, which I think would be a great uh, a great game system since Savage World is so sort of pulpy, and you could definitely get that into Dark Sun. Um, but those are the three sort of big ones that I've heard. I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm sure somebody's done like a GURPS. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can GURPS anything. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so really, you know, anything. You know, Dark Sun has a lot of. Uh, a lot of different themes so i feel like you could play a lot of different systems um as long as you stuck with kind of whatever that system did well right right well i think um going through that out going through all of those things uh, it kind of leads us towards our last couple of questions but I, i'm hoping by now listeners that you've got an idea of what kind of campaigns you're running in dark sun and and what materials you're going to use so let's let's finish off with a couple of things. So Robert, you, you told us um, that your current um, game is being run in ROM. Mm-hmm. Is that where you would recommend someone to run a campaign? Uh, is that something more um, more specialized? Because obviously there's not as much detail in ROM unless you, you get some of the older source books. Um, or would you recommend something else? Would you recommend uh, a different place to set a campaign? And why would you do that? Sure. So... Um... I would think that new new DMs to Dark Sun should probably run it in tier, and I would say tier because if you're looking at the older source material, like the, you know the the first two box sets or, or the the original and the expanded and revised box set, um, that was sort of the assumption of where you were going to be running the game, um, and so there's a lot of details about it there. Um, there's also the city state of tier book, so it's a whole book just for the city state. Um, and also there were major happenings in tier, um, that separate it from the other city states. So it, at the end of the first box set, or I should say, you know, the beginning of most campaigns, um, they talk about, um, Kalak, the Sorcerer King being killed. And so that kind of changes the dynamics of the city, whereas every other city state is ruled by a Sorcerer King and their Templars, um, tier is sort of like you know, turns into sort of like a frontier town. Like you don't know really what's going to happen because um, the balance of power is upset. So that's a really great place um, to have a campaign. But I re- I put my campaign in ROM. Well, first, I mean, I, I sort of asked all the players um, and that's what we ended up deciding. Um, and it was, it was probably heavily influenced by what I wanted to uh, because <laughs> ROM, like you said, it, it's not detailed very much. Even in the older books, it's, it's really, it's probably, I'd probably say it's the least detailed of all of the, um, the city states. And so that's kind of why I wanted to explore it. Um, the fourth edition did a really cool job of adding sort of R- ROM is kind of like, you know, fantasy India sort of. And so they did a good job of uh, 
putting in um, a case system. And so uh, I just wanted to kind of play with that a little bit. Um, so that's why we're in ROM. Um, but there's so many other places, you know, obviously each of the city states has its own, um, its own sort of feel. And so any of the city states would make a great campaign. It just depends kind of what you're doing. So like, um, if you want a campaign based on war, kind of Uruk might be a good place to go because they're very warlike. Um, if you want, uh, if you want a campaign where there's like two sorcerer king constantly fighting each other, you know, Nimine or Golg um, would be good places because they're constantly fighting. So each, each place has its own, um, you know, its own cool aspects about it. Uh, and then you have the, you know, all the rest of the world, which is not the city states. And there are a lot of really, you know, you know there's not very many big cities, but there, there are towns, there are villages, there are forts. Um, and you can use any of those to base your campaign um, and make it that, that to me, that would make it sort of more like a, uh, you know, a term that kind of came out in fourth edition was kind of like a points of light campaign. So, you know, you just have this little place that's um, sort of safe and then everywhere else is sort of, uh, darkness um, and so any of the other you know little villages or towns or forts would be great for that um, and there's like slave encampments you know there's all kinds of stuff and then you can get outside of the of the tier region um, or the tablelands is what it's called and then there's a bunch of stuff that was included in the second uh, the revised box that uh, you know you can go north to the trembling plains south to the deadlands um, west to the savannas and so you know, once you've got your fill of the city state, you know, of the city, uh, of the tablelands and the city states, then you can go into, into other places. And then once you've gotten f your fill of all of that stuff, um, you could even go to different times. Uh, you know, if you look at the, any of the, the box sets, the, the, the newer revised box sets, um, or the fourth edition kind of briefly talks about it. Um, but you know, there's a time of long ago of like where the world was green, you can go to the green age. Um, and what does that look like? There's, there's not a lot of details, but you can make that up. Like if you were really big into dark sun, you know, you could kind of learn what history is sort of out there and then you can make it up. Um, there's some cool mar uh, maps out there from back in the day that a guy named Steve Bell did that he's, he just drew what he thought, you know, green age or blue age dark sun looked like. And it's kind of a blue age is like a bunch of islands. Um, and so like you could set it there and, um, there's like the Brown Age, which was the age kind of right before the Sorcerer King, like right before the age of the Sorcerer Kings, which is where, you know, where it kind of starts. Um, but the Brown Age was when there's, there's more Sorcerer Kings alive. There's like 10 of them um, and they're constantly warring with each other. So like that's another timeline you could do. You know, you could do it during the Green Age when all of the, you know, when Raja and his, uh, all the Sorcerer Kings are fighting against all the other races and, uh, you know, wiping out the orcs and stuff like that. So there's, there's a lot of place to play in um, in Dark Sun in the history of Athens. Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> as we were talking about this, I was really like, you know what? What if I set a campaign in in Dark Sun's like past, like in the Green Age or the Blue Age, mm -hmm. and then once I TPK the party, now we're playing Dark Sun. But now you remember some of the elements from these past lives, like that. That was just running through my head as you were talking about that. I'm like, mm -hmm. huh something i'm gonna look yeah, into like doing you could totally play a regular D D game right with you know if, if you played a regular D D game and you used you could set it in a city called bodak and you know start playing it from there whereas you know maybe people wouldn't wouldn't recognize the name right away um and you could have you know 
a bunch of details of the history of Dark Sun that were sort of minor details. And then, like you said, you know, kill the characters or whatever, and then you actually play a Dark Sun game and you go back and you realize that Bodak is, the, you know, are these runes and maybe your characters have to go there. And since, you know, somehow the, their new Dark Sun characters have maybe the knowledge of their other characters. And so, you know, they have to... Um, uh, use that knowledge to kind of navigate Bodak or whatever. But yeah, there's a ton of room for, for cool stuff like that. Yeah. Like that, that just something interesting. I mean, now you're playing a, a, a sort of semi-regular, you know, fantasy game, um, but just start giving them clues that this is actually dark sun. Like this is actually, right. you know, you don't call it Athis, you call it something else mm-hmm. and just, just mm-hmm. slowly throw some stuff in there. But yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. So, I mean, we're giving a lot of ideas and, you know, what, as a DM, what's the most important thing you you should remember about Dark Sun? Like, what, what's that one tip or one trick that you're going to tell everybody, this is, you got to remember that, just to just keep players engaged and remembering that this is Dark Sun, not Knights and Swords and, and Forgotten Realms. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing about Dark Sun is that you need to turn the common tropes of fantasy on their head um that's what makes dark sun different that's what makes it recognizable um but also keep those shreds of um of those fantasy tropes so um you know you have elves elves in dark sun you know do not live in the forest since there are really not any forests um but they are still magical um they uh you know, they're still um, kind of elegant beings, um, but they're also kind of bandits and raiders. Um, and so using the familiarity and the differences um, kind of keeps your players on uh, on their toes. So they have to kind of figure out this new thing. Oh, when I'm in a dark sun, or I mean, when I'm in a, an elf camp, like, how is that different from when I'm in a an elf um, village in you know in in Forgotten Realms, and and so they're never really going to be sure what those things are you know unless they read the books. But um, <laughs> if they're if they're just kind of playing and and, and just kind of experience the world as, as you tell them, you you have a lot of room for that. Um, so there's there's that aspect. There's um, the aspect of uh, of the religion. Um, you know, one of the big things is that people know is that there's no gods in on Athos, right? There's no gods in Dark Sun. Well, we as players know that, but characters don't know that. Um, you know, yeah, nobody gets spells from praying to these gods, but nobody gets spells in these worlds from playing. You know, in, in our world from praying from gods either. So, um, but plenty of people believe in divine beings, and so the same thing with. With Dark Sun, um, the city states of Yurik, Draj, and Rom all have uh, gods that you know are supposedly ruling over them, um, and so you know you can use that aspect too. That like that's what we you know we're playing that up in my in my game right now with Rom. You know there are priests of Badna, and Badna is a god, and so you know everybody's very respectful of that because the priests do have power there, um, and so it's still you know, still something interesting and fun to play with. Um, same with magic, uh, defiling magic. Uh, you know, you can play that aspect of, of um, you know, magic is evil, even though in most fantasy worlds, you know, characters have it regularly. Um, and so how do you, you know, how do the characters navigate that? So I think taking any of the, 
kind of common fantasy tropes dragons um you know there's only supposedly one dragon in dark sun you know how does that work you know when people talk about that dragon how is it different than when people talk about dragons in regular worlds um so there's you know there, there's just any anything that you would want to put in a regular game you can put in dark sun just kind of tweak it a little bit and kind of turn it on its head to make it different mm-hmm. well <clears throat> i think we're almost running out of time here i mean um final question and uh we've talked about the appendix and we've talked about this stuff but robert where are you digging to get ideas for a dark sun campaign specifically dark sun game you know um i go back to a lot of the old books and i just read through them and pick little things out you know every time i kind of go back and read i always find something different like oh wow you know, I totally forgot about this aspect and, and I can use that. Uh, and all of the books right now are so cheap on um, drive through RPG or the DMs Guild. Uh, you can get all the old Dark Sun stuff for, you know, $5, $10 um, for each individual book. And so it's so inexpensive um, to get that stuff. And also there's all the free stuff on athos.org. So that's, that's a lot of it. Um, but also just kind of where you would for any other campaign, you know, uh, the news, you know, just things going on in the real world, events that happen, you know, you're like, how would that happen, you know, in a city state? What would happen if this happened in a city state um, or in a, a slave village or whatever? Um, so a lot of the real world things you can bring in, it's pretty much like, you know, like any other any other campaign setting where you can do that. Um, you know, we talked about uh, the 30 days of Dark Sun we did on Athos.org. One of them was, one of one of the questions was, what's, I think it was one of the last ones, might have even been the last question, but what was some inspiration that's not Dark Sun related that, you know, you can use for Dark Sun? And, and, and my biggest one is, uh, is Mad Max. Uh, I just love that feel um, of Mad Max. So you could do that, even though there's not cars, you know, there's not cars, there's not guns, but you could do, there's silt, um, you know, silt skimmers and silt ships. You know, that could be a chase. Um, there are psionic flying ships and there are psionic flying kind of carts and stuff like that. So, like, that could be a chase idea. So, like, you could get ideas anywhere um, as long as, you know, again, just kind of what we were talking about a minute ago. As long as you kind of turn it on its head and, and kind of fit it into into uh, Athos. <laughs> Well, Robert, thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm hoping everybody out there got a really, really good idea. Um, hopefully that's inspired you to run some more Darsh and at least look up more information. So, Robert, if people want to get in touch with you, want to reach you and, and talk with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So you can get me on Twitter at Radu76. That's R-A-D-D-U-7-6 at Twitter. Um, if you want to email me anything about Dark Sun, you can get me at radu at athus.org. That's R-A-D-D-U at athus.org. Um, you can also go to athus.org and there's uh, the arena forums uh, where we talk about Dark Sun. You can go on there. On uh, Facebook, there is the Dark Sun group on Facebook, uh, Dark Sun community. Uh, just search Dark Sun, you'll find us. There's also, uh, I started a Dark Sun Athus Facebook page where every day I post um just different stuff from dark sun uh all, all the different um uh, all the different articles we have on athos.org i post all of the products i post all the products from dm's guild i'm constantly kind of posting it stuff every day and then any anytime i 
you know, somebody makes a fifth edition conversion or anything like that, I'll, I'll post that up there too. So definitely check out the Dark Sun page um, on Facebook as well. Sounds good. And uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Advantaged Insight is a misdirected mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Robert, thank you so much for coming on the mics. I'm, I'm so, I'm actually a little bit upset that this is going to be our last time, at least for now, uh, talking about Dark Sun. But everybody, just go check out the links that uh, we have on the page. Go check out some of Robert's stuff. Go check out authors.org. And uh, tell us about your ca- Dark Sun campaign. Tell us if you've done something. Um, you know, you can post to us or, or talk to us about it. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So again, Robert, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been, uh, you know, it's been really great to be on this show. And uh, I can never get enough Dark Sun. Um, so I'm about to go right now and uh, figure out some stuff to do to my characters that are in ROM for the for our next session. <laughs> Excellent.